Horrific Network Entertainment. of the horrific podcast man this week was and it has been a wild one we're coming off of the tail end of sinister creature con which was really in my opinion the best sinister creature con we in the panel room have ever really had i thought that it was an outstanding effort by the team and we really uh got the best out of the guests that were in you know there as part of sinister creature con so that is um, really exciting to have had such a great time interviewing names like nick castle jason muse brian o'hallahan rachel true um the list the list really went on and on all weekend there's really cool panels that we will be bringing to you guys in the coming weeks on our you know podcast channel throughout the course of uh, the coming months up until sinister creature con october which you know as you guys know you know we do get offers for interviews on this show um pretty frequently which is not a problem whatsoever to have we love having guests on the show so sometimes it does take us to get get uh the audio of the sinister interviews out um it takes us more time to get them out on the podcast than it does on the uh video format if you want to watch the interviews of this last weekend or really any sinister creature con in the last few years check out the horrific network on youtube we have playlists dedicated to each uh edition of sinister creature con and all that content is on there for free for you to watch uh, after the cons have concluded i usually get the video playlist completed within a week to 10 days after the con depending on how uh, tired we are all are and uh, right now we actually have um, the first one already loading with blood draw and misery going up and that'll be on this show in a few weeks we will start rolling out sinister creature con stuff right now um, if you were listening to the podcast before sinister creature con you know I was in Salem, Massachusetts as part of going on a uh, East Coast vacation and did two cool experiences. I actually did a lot more than just two cool experiences there, but two cool experiences. I thought, you know what, this could be fun for people to listen to, to kind of get the vibe. One of them was the Witch's Dungeon. And this was a cool show that you went like into. They live enacted part of 
the trial, the Salem witch trial, um, about a five to ten minute scene, and then they spent uh, the majority of the time like taking us down into a recreation of what the actual cellar would look like, and I thought that that was actually very cool, kind of had like an HHN vibe for sure as far as the set design and everything that went into the work that they put in for that. And so this is the that uh, show, really, as far in the slot of an interview, traditional interview, anyway. Um, yeah, I I am stoked about that. And next week, or maybe even later on, no, probably next week because we got some we got some big shows, or maybe actually. Man, you can tell I'm still recovering from Sinister Creature Con. Maybe at the end of, uh, or at the end of uh, this episode, I'll have a better idea because I know we do have some guests that I'm interviewing this week, actually. So those podcasts, so it's just a matter of time. But still, this week for sure, you guys are gonna get a, a hell of a Campfire Chronicles episode, which was all Sinister Creature Con craziness from the panel room. Uh, it should be a lot of fun to listen to all the way to like conversations with some of the guests really what we do in the panel room behind the scenes b-roll type stuff as well so i'm mean, overall great time at sinister cannot be more proud to be in charge of conducting all the interviews for sinister creature con it really is a great time and a lot of fun and uh, the team i know really enjoyed themselves as well so stay tuned for all of that we will be back with sinister creature con stuff but we also um on top of doing the witch's dungeon i have a uh cool witch ghost tour that we did that was a lot of fun and though that will be uh, featured on the horrific podcast as well here until um, for you know, and, and and then we'll get into more traditional interviews and stuff like that. Great guests, everything. I'm tired, guys. Uh, it was a wild weekend. I keep saying that. If you don't live in the California area and you were ever going to travel for a con, and you are a horror fan, cannot recommend coming to Sinister Creature Con enough. There's an airport right by it, easy to get to, Sacramento, California. It's really a good time. And we uh, had a lot of you guys come up and talk to us this weekend. And it was uh, a lot of fun. So, but with that, like I mentioned, the other thing that was fun was, of course, Salem, Massachusetts and doing these historical events that the cast and crew there put together. And here is a snippet of...
each and every one of them, you find out that many of them were war refugees. They had watched their entire family kill off and made a tax in Maine. So lots of PTSD with no one's paying attention to. And they're inserted into families as bond servants. And bond servants are not well treated back then. Another crazy person is Anne Patton Sr. She's in her 30s. And it's very believable in the age when we actually believe in witches and the devil in that particular way. So find yourself in this church. This was built in 1897. We held the real trials in our meeting house. If it were still around today, it would be around the corner, in the center of the street where the traffic goes, at about 7 to Washington Street. So you have to walk on it. Who would be there to watch the trials? You, the town, the sheriff of the corner, George Floyd.
whatever. And this demon is our familiar. They can go off of the invisible and do our evil bidding. And they will feed upon our horse, somewhere in our body, sometimes we can long we were in court, we would live right here. And if I would work with anybody, that would prove the children away, type of thing. Anyway, and they also have the ability in this scene to answer, oh, the respect that attacked me. What that means is Sarah Griggs' soul left her body, even though she's still talking to us, and magically been attacked and and that's the proof that she's a witch. It's the time period, I promise you. It's not because they're so insane. Though they are insane. But anyway, she's not guilty. She will not say she's a witch. She, she could have said, yeah, I'm a witch, I'm lying. But she would believe as a Puritan she's going straight to hell for that. And so so instead, she won't point out innocent people. And she is hanged July 1969 to Robert Martin Morris along where we are standing up to Witch's Hill, now called Proctor's Ledge, and hanged. But she looks out at the crowd and says something to them. She looks at the Reverend Nicholas Noyes and says, I'm no more witch than you, and he dare to take away my life. God himself will give you blood to drink. That's a world of revelations meaning. You have just hanged innocent people, God will have his wrath. He will turn all the waters blood red. Two decades later, he dies in Syria behind the stroke, he chucks in his life. Only the blood. The girl. No, she was not a witch. Yes, something is in the universe called karma. Salem, Boston, and Cambridge, and we would 
transport people around more than you and I would have ever guessed. At any rate, the, this is a part of the original 16, uh, 1680s dungeon. A century passes in the 1700s, we both use pounds, $70 to uh, sort of refashion the structure. And we put a first floor in and we shoved the second and third floor up. 1800s come, we retire it, and we build a, a jail elsewhere, uh, not too far from it, which is now condos, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, we're not live there, but anyway. And then two brothers buy the, the building for $800. Your rent is three times that in Salem today. Horrible. Anyway, they have it, a family has it, and finally those families that members died in the 1950s. And Carlton C. Lutz, an engineer, is standing watching the wrecking ball hit it, and he goes, wait, I see something on floor two in the back. And he brings in some uh, architects from the Essex Institute, and they find an eight foot square chamber, and it is surrounded, it's made up by tons of these beams that are all seven feet long, and there were more than 20 of them. The Essex Institute got one, it's always in storage, I don't know why, and Carlton got one, and this is Carlton, so you can touch it, don't lick it. <laughs> I had someone actually do that 10 years ago, and I was like, oh my lord, I hope you live. Anyway, so, now behind you over there, that is the family luxury cell. It has a bunk bed, it has a chamber pot in the very far corner. And in the far corner, standing where this gentleman is standing, looking in, there's a little girl in a light blue dress and her mom behind her. The mom is meant to be Sarah Good, who just saw the trial. Her daughter was Dorothy Good, youngest accused. She was chained to a wall for eight months while she was four. She survives, she gets out, but she never recovers. And in the last two years, historians doing research on another person found records at the town level of people paying for Dorothy Good's survival. She would stay with different families. Eventually she dies, we think, in Connecticut around age 63. She had a terrible life. So more depressing, more depressing news, sorry. <laughs> Behind you scenes of torture. At any point in time, the sheriff can come down, beat a confession out of us. If we say, I am not a witch, he says, no, I know you're lying, confess, show us where the others are. And you can take any flash photos or touch the beam. I'm just going to talk about a few more things and then we'll go around the corner. So one of the favorite things that the sheriff would do is wrap what was called neck to heels. You would rope your neck and your heels and then tie the two together so you're like on your side almost in a circle. And then some people's eyeballs would be bleeding, so horrible. This is the pressing of Giles Corey. Giles is underneath the rocks. He owned a lot of land. Uh, if you put all of his land together, combined it, he would equal about two and a half towns today in modern times. So he was accused of witchcraft. He refuses to enter a full plea. Therefore, we cannot continue his trial. So we revive the punishment for standing mute, and that is to create a shallow grave. We throw him on his back. We put his, a board across him, his face, his face in the sky. Every hour in the hour, say, Giles, what do you plead? And all he'll say is more weight. So we keep stacking heavy rocks on him. Day three, 12 noon, we still don't have the plea, and he dies. The point was not to execute him. It was to get the plea to finish the trial. We do check his landing paperwork, and we realize, oh my gosh, that's not the land we thought he did. 
six months ago, he signed over to his two favorite son in laws within me. But they do get the land, and it stays in that family. The last parcel was sold off in the late 1980s, about 1989. So, yay, Giles. <laughs> now, do you guys know the Giles Corey curse? I should tell you if you do not. All right, so the there's three parts. I'll tell you one. The first sheriff was George Corwin. He helped press this man to death. He dies of a heart attack in his early 30s. And then the pattern continues for 69 years, 70 uh, up until 1992. All of them die of a heart attack and or develop a bare blood disorder and then die of a heart attack, including the man who bought this building with three of his buddies when we didn't have a tourist industry. You would love to know you're here. Thank you so much. <laughs> and he too believed in it. And I know this is true because his son was on the tour last year. I've never met him in my life. And he was like, my dad did believe in the curse. I was like, it happened to him too. So I don't know. But anyway, the gentleman who that happened to, he wrote all those plaques upstairs in the late 1970s when there was really not a lot of information about the, the trials. So we remember him very fondly. <laughs> anyway, so, but remember, curse can't hurt you. It's only what you believe in and put your energy towards. That's, we all create our own reality, believe it or not. So make sure you always pick something good and work towards it. <laughs> anyway. Behind you is the coffin cell. And this is meant for very brief, tiny tots if they can, because uh, when we go around the corner to see more coffin cells, the windows are very high. A real coffin cell would be a door and would be shackled to the sidewall, unable to sit down until your trial. Yikes! <laughs> Come right this way. We will escape the sail village. luxury cells. Salem Village, as you'll recall, is where the first afflicted all lived. It is where the witch hysteria begins. The Salem you walk around today is where the trials happen, the county seat of Essex County. There are a bunch of places in Danvers you can look up. This is meant to be the parsonage. In real life, it was a much bigger house, of course. That's where Betty and Abigail lived, and that is where Tichaba was really the primary caregiver, the slave. Their mother will die in 1696, and there are a couple other siblings. Their father is the Reverend Paris, writing his over-the-top sermons that are frightening all the adults, never mind his own children. So, Tichaba is wrongfully accused. What happens is, sorry, Tichaba is married to John Indian. You know, they are both slaves. And John Indian talks to the neighbor, Mary Sibley who is Puritan, and she's the one who says, oh, tell Tichaba to make witch cakes to see if the girls are really bewitched. Great, not a helpful thing. 
And so it's to take pee from both girls' output, mix in my barley meal, bake in the fireplace ashes, serve up to two dogs. If they will eat these horrible concoctions and like snap their jaws on it, eat the sharp part of their teeth will make the witch cry out in pain that did it to you. <laughs> anyway, it does come from the Egyptians from several hundred years, several hundreds of years before, where you would take a woman's pea, put on rye, barley, or wheat seeds, and if they grow, it's 80% chance you're pregnant. <laughs> Afflicted. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, she's doing this, not because she's going to be evil and curse people, but because the neighbor said this is the way to check to save the witch. In Luxembourg, Paris, he flips out, he beats and tortures Tichba for two to three days until she is programmed to go, yeah, the witch, yeah. Under torture, any of us will admit to anything, whether it's true or not. So she is a slave, and then she's victimized in all of this. Back then, we thought she was rich because we believed in witches back then. Today, we say, no, <laughs> she was a slave. Horrible. And then we victimized her by accusing her of witchcraft. She did an amazing job of survival. She was beaten and tortured every week, and she came up with these elaborate stories that made us, the Puritans, happy because really what this was was groupthink, and we needed someone to blame for our problems. And that is a trend that happens over the centuries. It's just different groups of people doing it. But anyway, she survived. He's the first afflicted man. He's grouped with all the afflicted girls. So how does this all end? The governor's wife, Sir William Phipps' wife, gets accused, as well as a few judges and their wives, and John Hale and his wife, using spectral, invisible evidence. Now they have a problem with it, and they release a proclamation, which does begin to end the trials. So many people lost a lot, and it was never forgotten. And anyway, so 19 were hanged, 14 women, 5 men, Giles Corey pressed, 5 died, 25 deaths. 200 is about what we think were accused from 40 towns. We do not, and 70 afflicted people, we do not have all the trial transcripts. In 1765, Hutchinson, our governor, was writing the history of Massachusetts. And his, during the Stamp Act riots of Boston, his house was raided. And all of the documents went everywhere. And then only some came back, about 900. So we're missing like this many. <laughs> we only have this many. <laughs> and those are the ones that are considered ground zero evidence. And it's on Amazon twice a century, 12 PhD sit down and retranslate the whole thing. It takes them 10 years. Haha. <laughs> anyway, $40, you can download it and do a search and find on anybody and see exactly what they said, which is very cool. All right, thank you so much for coming. We're going around the corner, it's a hanging scene. Happy Halloween? I don't know. Come <laughs> right this way.
So there you go, there was your taste of the Witch's Dungeon and the experience, you know, audio-wise probably doesn't do enough justice to what it is to be in that environment, to be, you know, just walking down the streets. I walked after this about a mile to where they actually hung people. Um, Gallows Hill is the original name and they have now turned it into... Uh, memorial that I'm, I'm forgetting the name like Prox, prospectors memorial or, or something like that and they changed the name they'll talk about that on the ghost tour that you guys will hear the audio of um, to kind of really cover up the amount of murder that took place in Salem murder for lack of a better term unjustif- unjustifiable kills with the Salem witch trials so that is really interesting and I walked up there and crazy stuff happened nothing too crazy on the ghost tour but the ghost tour had some really cool stories and historical stuff but going to Gallows Hill in the middle of the day even um, the pictures that I got there are weird to say the least so there is definitely in Salem uh, there's something going on and it was it was cool but anyway man they call Salem Disneyland for the dead I can I can get behind that for sure next week we will have the ghost tour this week stay tuned we have um, writer director of a movie aged so you're gonna get another horrific podcast this week that'll be more movie news focused I think and uh yeah that'll be fun campfire chronicles from sinister creature con will be fun and there it is so thank you for listening stay spooky we're counting down obviously we'll i'll dive a little bit more into the hhn news on the campfire chronicles uh with last of us getting announced we talk about that on the sinister creature con HHN Campfire Chronicles show so that gets definitely mentioned in the banter that is part of that podcast so I'm excited for that I'm excited for you guys um, to check out the footage from Sinister I'm excited for you guys to be listening to us we appreciate the support so thank you as always and stay spooky everybody May the stars light your way throughout all your journeys. May the stars light your way throughout all your days. May you see all the world's systems, stars, and planets. May the stars light your way and see.